Well, today I'm going to preach my stewardship sermon. Now, you want to mark this down because two years from today I'm going to preach this again. (laughs) So you want to be sure not to miss that. Our text is uh, Exodus 36. and I uh, had a different number in the first service. It always is interesting how it goes. Uh, Exodus 36, 6 and 7. So Moses sent a message throughout the camp announcing that no more donations were needed. Then at last, the people were restrained from bringing more. This is a wonderful story about giving. Some people, as we've heard this morning, they enjoy giving. And it's been a blessing to them. And these folks uh, were like that. They didn't have uh, gold. Uh, They didn't have dollars. Most of them were very, very poor. So they brought silver and bronze and other things. They brought it to help in God's work. They wanted to be a part of what the Lord was doing. They brought it to construct and furnish the tabernacle. In verse 21 of chapter 35, it says those whose hearts were stirred by God brought their offerings. They wanted, they wanted to give, to bring their offerings. Nobody had to beg them or plead with them or do a guilt trip on them. Uh, They just brought their offerings because God's Spirit led them. There's a statistic that uh, has proven to be true time after time after time, all kinds of studies on this. Across the country, whatever kind of church it is, this is true. 20% of the people in the church give 80% of the money. 20% give 80%. 30% give 20%. And 50% give nothing. Those are the same numbers all across uh, America. Well, the challenge for us in our church, and I'm sure for every church, is to encourage the folks to be under the Spirit of God so that everyone would give 10% of their income to the budget of their church. That's the way it worked in Scripture, and we're going to be talking about that today. And, of course, that's the way we would love to have it work here. It's biblical, it's sound theologically, and we want to talk about that this morning. If we're going to take some giant steps for God as a church, we need to support our church, in this area of finances. We are in the formative stage of putting together a long-range planning committee. And that committee is going to take us to the next step and the next step and the next step. Every church has got to have a dream before it. It's got to have a goal, got to have a thing to reach out for. And so this group uh, and the group will be growing and changing, developing, Uh, This group will be very key in that regard. Years ago, I went out to uh, Phoenix to pastor a church on the suburbs of that city in Tempe, Arizona. And I heard story after story after story after story about the North Phoenix Baptist Church. 
Have any of you in here ever been to the North Phoenix Baptist Church? Anybody? There's one over there, one over there. It is a huge, huge church. Nice church. They had, for years and years, one of the greatest preachers I think there's ever been. A guy that could uh, just really preach unbelievably well. Well, the stories went out. They were in a downtown church. Uh, They didn't have a very pretty church. They didn't have a good location. Everything was kind of third class. And they got together and they said, we need to do something about all this. And they started praying. They started meeting. They started praying. They met. They prayed. They met. They prayed over and over and over again. One of the men in the church that uh, had a very nice home uh, put a mortgage on his home and gave the money for the vision of moving their church facility uh, north of where it was to a larger piece of ground on the most traveled street in Phoenix and to build a nice sanctuary, a multi-million dollar sanctuary uh, for their church. He took a mortgage out on his home, gave a lot of money. And, you know, the word of that kind of got out. And it filtered through their church, and then it filtered around through some of the other churches in the area. And pretty much everybody heard it. Well, then some other people thought, well, if he can do that, I can do that. And so a lot of other people began to do it. And then a fellow in the church went to the bank and took out a big sum of money, a loan, big loan, and gave it to the church. And guess what? The word about that, it was a lot of money. Uh, The word about that kind of got out, and it kind of filtered down through the church, and then other churches, and then other churches, and everybody. And there were just stories, you know, all the time about how North Phoenix Baptist Church did what they did. They built a huge campus that was very, very nice on the most traveled street in Phoenix. And with the great preacher that they had, that church just took off. The Sunday that they opened, it was full. It was full. And people just couldn't believe it. Of course, that's what everybody in Phoenix was talking about for a good while. Well... Here in Exodus, Moses uh, had asked the people to give, and they gave. And then he said to them, well, you can stop giving because we've got enough. And he said, "Uh, just stop, stop, you know. We've got more than we need. Well, I don't know of another church that's that's ever happened to. (laughs) It certainly hadn't happened here. Our budget for 2018 is $12,847 a week. That's uh, what we need to meet our budget. Uh, We need every one of you to help us if we're going to meet that budget. And through that budget, of course, we hope to reach a lot of people and develop a lot of people in their faith. If 50% of our church give nothing, as is average, then I don't think we're going to make that uh, goal. So we want to encourage everybody today to be a part of what we're about. We hope our our winter visitors uh, will help us. If you're here for six months out of the year, we pray that you'd give half of your tithe for the year here. 
that would be wonderful. It would help us a great deal as we're trying to reach that goal. What is God's plan in giving? The Bible has a lot of passages about giving, about stewardship in your life. In fact, a lot of studies have been made. There's more about stewardship and money than any other thing in the Bible. You say more than about the cross? Yes, more than about the cross. More than about the resurrection? Yes, more than about the resurrection. It's more about stewardship than anything else. And so it's obviously a very important issue. Malachi 3.10 is one of the passages that everybody uses, everybody quotes. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be food in my temple. Now, storehouse back then meant the worship center, the place where you came to worship the Lord uh, that week. Uh, We would uh, call it uh, a sanctuary or Uh, our worship uh, house. Uh, Your tithe, uh, hopefully, would be given to your church. Now, there are offerings. You know, a lot of times when our usher will pray, they'll say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to give our tithes and offerings. The tithe is the 10%. The offering is whatever you want it to be for whatever you want it to be. Uh, Years ago, Uh, When I was pastoring in Plant City, uh, we started a pregnancy care center. Uh, We didn't know how well it would go, and at first it didn't go very well. And then it kind of got some steam behind it, and some people joined in, and we got it going. Now, in the years that it has been going, hundreds and hundreds of people have come to Christ through that ministry. Thousands. Babies have been saved because of that ministry. Uh, It just really has taken off. Every year I give money to support that. Cindy and I think that's important and we give to it. But we give our tithe here first. Uh, You might have a cousin in Tasmania that you think that you ought to give everything to. But uh, that really is not biblical. And uh, you probably ought to think about that some more. Or you might want to support some radio preacher from San Antonio or somewhere. And, uh, you know, a lot of people do that. I went to a home one time I was visiting. And I happened to walk by the drain board there in their house. And there were about 15 envelopes in a line there. And uh, they were to where I could read to whom they were going and it was to about 15 different ministries and I thought dear Jesus is this is this gal giving anything to our church (laughs) and uh, she uh, was a wonderful lady loved the Lord and she really kind of scattered it around uh, everywhere I want to encourage you today to give your tithe to your church. You know, that's what they did in the Old Testament. That's what the writers of Scripture said that uh, they ought to do. And and I suppose uh, meant that's what we ought to do. What happens if you tithe? The latter part of the verse says, If you will tithe, 
God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to you so great that you won't have room enough to take it in. You might say, well, I don't don't remember that happening to me. Let me mention something. If you have had good health this year, you have been abundantly blessed. Abundantly. If you have some real good friends, Christian, godly friends. You know, most people don't have any close friends. You know, one of the true joys of life is having two or three people, maybe just one person, that is a close, close friend that you can turn to in any situation. If you have some good friends, you have been richly blessed. If you, during the year, have had some spiritual victories, then you know, of course, what I'm talking about. You have been richly blessed. If you're financially secure, guess what? You have been richly blessed. You know, there's about a half of the world today that's hungry. You know, we just can't imagine that. We throw away a lot of food. Uh, We decide, you know, well, I, I took one bite of that. I don't like it. So we just throw the rest of it away. You know, we are so blessed, it's unbelievable. And that's what this verse is talking about. Numbers 18.21 says that we should tithe to pay those who minister the word. We have three ministers on our church staff here. They all are very professional. I'm so proud of uh, the other two. Uh, They all have degrees. They all have years, in my case, years and years and years uh, of experience. And that's important. Deuteronomy 14 says that we should tithe to provide for the poor, the aliens, the fatherless, and the widows. We help in those ministries here. I want you to know that. The Benevolence Committee of our church okays money uh, for special cases where the needs are very great. We have special offerings that are taken upon occasion for special needs. Our mission money that we send out all around the world helps people that are hungry, that don't have clothes, that don't have books, that don't have a Bible that they can read and study. We send uh, about 20% of our uh, collections uh, to mission work. The average Baptist church in America gives 5% uh, to missions. This is a strongly mission-minded church, and we believe that we ought to support work all over the world, and that's what we're doing. Deuteronomy 14.23 says to tithe so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. Spiritual giants revere the Lord. Deuteronomy 14.29 says to tithe so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work that you do. In everything that you're about, God would want to bless you. What is a tithe? About 30 years ago, I was uh, pastoring a church, and this lady walked up to me one Sunday, and she said, what is a tithy? And I said, I don't know. 
I said, I don't have any idea what that is. She said, a tithy, what is that? I said, I don't know. I said, do you, do you have, what, what context are you talking about? She said, uh, well, they talk about it here at the church. And, you know, all of a sudden, I, I got it. I said, you mean tithe? She said, yeah, yeah. A tithe is when we give 10% of our income to the Lord. Not after we've paid all of our bills uh, and give a tithe of what's left. Deuteronomy 14.22 says, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce. Now back then, everybody was a farmer. Every single person had a farm. And so, of course, they knew about the produce and they were paid for it at one time. We would word this differently. We would simply say today that you should give one-tenth uh, uh, of all that you receive. That makes it very clear. Leviticus 27.30 says, A tithe is holy unto the Lord. If you want to be holy and righteous and please God, you might think about uh, what you're doing in the area of stewardship. Luke 11.41, Jesus recommends giving. This is not just an Old Testament idea. Jesus supported the, the law. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And the law, of course, was filled with passages about tithing. Some people have asked me, Pastor, when should I give? When, when should I do that? 1 Corinthians 16 says, Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of the week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. It is so important that we uh, are developing a pattern, if you will, in our lives about how we give. Uh, these testimonies that we heard this morning, people started doing it when they were real young, and God has blessed them through their life in a wonderful way because they've been faithful in the stewardship of their life. I've been tithing since I was 15. I became a Christian when I was 15. My Sunday school teacher said, Ron, do you mow yards? And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, are you giving a tithe of what you uh, make on mowing the yard? I said, what? <laughs> I just got a quarter. <laughs> and he talked to me about it. And then the next week he talked to me about it. And the preacher preached about it, about every third sermon. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, well, I... Gosh, they're all saying I ought to do this. I guess I ought to do it. So I developed the habit of doing it. And I've never gotten out of it. Um, you know, I, I want to say to reemphasize what the folks have said today. That God uh, loves it when you're faithful to him and he blesses you. I really believe that. It's important that we train our children in that way and our grandchildren. And for many of you, your great-grandchildren. You don't want them saying, what is a tithy? 
You don't want them to say that. What kind of a spirit should we have when we give? 2 Corinthians 9 says that each person should give what they have decided to give in their hearts, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Brother Ed mentioned that, and and he has demonstrated that in his life. Be a cheerful giver. You're doing great things uh, with God's direction. I wish uh, I could say to you this morning, quit giving, quit giving, you know, like Moses did. Moses said, quit, quit, that's enough. Well, you're probably not going to hear me say that. Uh, God loves it when we give cheerfully and we give sacrificially. He loves that. What is a godly giver like? Uh, Listen to God's word, 2 Corinthians 8. We want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches out of the most severe trial. They're in the severe trial. With their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, it welled up in rich generosity. They had everything working against them, everything. And they had a spirit of stewardship with rich generosity. I want to challenge you this morning to give sacrificially. I want to challenge you this morning to tithe. I know that uh, to some would sound uh, old-fashioned, but I believe it's biblical, and I believe it will help our church to move forward, to reach more people for Christ, and to develop uh, more the people that uh, are already here. Well, if you're here this morning and you'd like to trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, nothing could make us happier than that. Maybe you've been thinking about it, praying about it. I'm going to stand out here at the front in just a few minutes. We don't want you to be ashamed of your Savior. If you want to trust in him as your Lord, we ask you to walk down to the front to take a stand for Christ. If you've been coming for a good while, you've been thinking about joining, maybe today would be the day. We'd love to have you come and join our family. Be a part of our inner family. We hope that you'll do it. I'll be standing here at the front waiting on you to come. Let's stand as we sing together.